Well, hey, good morning, everybody. Happy Sunday to you. Welcome again to the Edge Church. My name is Steve Van Den, and I'm one of the pastors here. Uh, wherever it is that you are tuning in today from, really glad to have you joining with us as we continue on in our sermon series that we're calling Active Discipleship. We're really, we're just unpacking together what it means and what it looks like for us to live as disciples of Jesus, where our worship is for him, our identity is in him, our relationships reflect him, and our and our works, our ministry, our gifting is through him to the praise of his glory. And so, so we started this series last month, uh, if you were with us, talking about worship, about how uh, disciples of Jesus are worshipers of God, who worship the Father, Scripture says, in spirit and in truth, that our lives are, are meant to be lived in response and obedience to who God is and what God says. And now, this month has been all about identity. This month is all about who it is that we really are according to God and what that means for our lives as followers of Jesus. And so uh, today we're going to continue our time of worshiping God by opening up his word together and just giving God our ears and our attention, trusting that the Spirit of God will speak to us today and, as Jesus said, will lead us into all truth. So I'm going to pray. I'm going to encourage you to pray, to invite the Lord to speak to you. I'd encourage you, too, today. Take some notes. Get out a pen. Write something down. Young people, teenagers in the room right now, uh, junior high students, kids who can read, get out a pen. Get Get out something to write with. Write something down. What is this message saying about who God is? What is this message saying about who you are? Uh, and maybe if you're really young this morning, little kids, get out some crayons, draw a picture, see maybe how God will minister in that way. But let's pray and, and let's just invite the Lord into our time. Father, we just come before you this morning in the name of your son, Jesus, God. Um, Lord, thank you for today. Thanks for your word. Thank you, God, that you have uh, some things, Lord, that you want to speak to our hearts, God, that there is truth you want to lead us into today. Father, I just pray that we would hear you. God, that our ears would be attentive to your voice, and Lord, that you would speak and we would listen, and and Lord, that um, God, that our hearts would just be open to receive, Lord, all the things that you have for us today, God, that you would teach us about who it is that you say we are, Lord, and that you would help us, Holy Spirit, to walk in that. So Lord, just come and minister, come and speak, God, come and have your way. I just encourage you right where you are right now, just to invite the Lord and just say, God, come and speak to me. Help me to hear from you today. God, we give you this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you remember a couple of weeks ago when we started this conversation on identity, I, I talked about how the most common expression in the New Testament to describe who it is that we are as followers of Jesus is this term, in Christ, if you remember that, right? Like like that is the essence of our identity. We are in Christ. And then there are a number of different scriptures that help to define what that actually means for us. And so we started by talking about how in Christ we are children of God, loved by our Father, chosen and adopted into the family of God with all the rights and responsibilities and privileges of being a son or a daughter of God. And and really what I want to do today is kind of continue that conversation a bit more because here's what Romans 8 verse 17 tells us. It says this, it says, now if we are children of God, 
It says, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. So listen, what it says is that if you are a son or a daughter of God, then, then something else that you need to know about who it is that you are is that you are an heir of God. What does that mean? Right? Well, an heir is one who has a rightful claim to receive the inheritance because of their position as part of the family, as a member of the family. So in Christ, because of Jesus, not only do you have the blessing of being God's son or his daughter, but you've also been blessed with the inheritance of God. It, it, it is the nature of the Father to bless his children. Uh, the Apostle Paul in the book of Ephesians chapter 1 is writing to the church really to help explain this whole idea about our identity, about who it is that we are in Christ. And here's what he says to us beginning in verse 3. He says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. I don't know about you, but that sounds really good to me. I'm going to read that one more time. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. There's that identity statement again, right? In Christ. Now, now truth is, is that this verse is really just the beginning of one really long, really deep, really powerful passages of Scripture where in the original Greek, all, from verse 3 all the way to verse 14, it's just one really long sentence, okay? 202 words of sheer annoyance to all you English teachers and grammar Nazis, okay? But, but, but the summation of all these verses is simply this, that, that we are really, 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 really blessed in Jesus by our Father in heaven. Now, when we talk about blessing, I, I think blessing is one of those words that's really hard for us to understand or concepts that's even hard for us to grab hold of because generally in our world, in our culture, and, and for most of us, we tend to either have a worker's or, an, or a debtor's ethic. Okay, let me explain that. Okay, a, a worker's ethic says, I deserve what I have because I've worked for it. Okay, I, I deserve what I have because I've earned it. Okay, uh, now similarly, a, a debtor's ethic says that, that if you get something, then you have to give something. If you get something, you have to give something. You have to pay it back, right? You have to make it even. The, the, the opposite of both of these is called blessing. It, it, it's the opposite of the worker's ethic because you get something you didn't work for. And it's the opposite of the debtor's ethic because you get something you don't have to pay back. And what God's word simply says to you very simply is that you are blessed, period. You're blessed. In fact, this is one of the very first things that we learn about God in the Bible, that he's a God who blesses. If you go to the very beginning, the book of Genesis, chapter 1, where it tells us all about how God creates the world and everything in it, and how God makes mankind. In verse 27, it tells us that God creates mankind in his own image, and his own likeness. And then the very next verse, verse 28, starts and says, and God blessed them. Why? Right? Like, like what was it that Adam and Eve had done at this point in the story to deserve God's blessing? The answer is simple, nothing. 
God, God is simply a God who loves to bless his creation. God is simply a, a God who loves to bless his children. Remember, we talked a couple of weeks ago about God our Father, how in James 1 verse 17, it says that, that every good and perfect gift is from the Father coming down. It talks about over and over again, this blessing, this goodness continually being showered down upon us. And so Paul says, listen, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us. He's like, listen, you have already been blessed, which really simply is to say that you and I aren't striving for blessing. We already are. We just need to learn how to receive it and walk in it. And, and so we praise God ultimately not so that God will bless us, but because God already has blessed us. That, that, that word for praise there is the same uh, word that we use for eulogy. It really just means to speak well of. And so, so that's our response to God. Our, our praise is the response of a person who knows they're blessed by God, who, who know that they can't give anything to God, they can't deserve it, they can't earn it, and they can't pay him back. And so they simply thank him and praise him. Now, now maybe some of you are sitting there right now and you're thinking, well, I, I don't know, I don't really feel all that blessed. I, I, I sort of look around at my life. I, I, I consider my, my work or my job or my relationships or finances or whatever it might be. And it's like, I'm not seeing all of this great blessing that you're talking about. And, and Paul's answer to you is simply be this, that the reason that you're not seeing it is because you're looking in the wrong place. Notice what Paul tells us about these blessings here. He says, praise be to the God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us where? He says, in the heavenly realms. What, what are the heavenly realms? What, what are the heavenly realms? Well, the heavenly realms are simply the spirit realm. Okay, there's an earthly physical realm and, and there's a heavenly spiritual realm. And Paul says, listen, you aren't seeing the blessing because you're looking in the wrong place. It's heavenly and not earthly where not only is God seated and, and not only where Jesus is on his throne, but also where Paul tells us that we too are seated with Christ. Ephesians 2, 6, he says, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him, listen, in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. So, so as those who are in Christ, we operate in these two spheres, the human and the divine, the visible and the invisible. Physically, we're in these bodies on earth spiritually, we're seated with Christ in the heavenly realm. And it's this heavenly position that provides for us the power and the perspective for our earthly walk. This is why in Colossians 3 verse 1 and 2 it says, Therefore, if you've been raised with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on the things that are on earth. Now, listen. This doesn't mean that there aren't material and physical blessings that we receive from the Lord. We do. But, but what Paul wants us to understand and grab hold of is that the most important, most significant, greatest blessing of our life is not material, but spiritual. Because though material blessings are nice for a season, spiritual blessings are the ones that last forever. This is why we're reminded in 2 Corinthians 4.18, it says we're, it says, if we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen, it says, for what is seen is temporary and what is unseen is eternal. For some of us, we're struggling to have joy and we're missing out on the blessing of God because we're looking for it in the wrong place. The spiritual things are the eternal things. And God wants us to have the blessings that last forever. 
This is what Paul's excited about. This is why he's saying praise be to God. This is what he's rejoicing in. And, and guess what? He says, you have every spiritual blessing in Christ. Everyone, all of them, not just a few, not just some, but every spiritual blessing from God that you need. Actually, in 2 Peter uh, chapter 1, verses 3 and 5, Peter says it like this. He says, by his divine power, talking about Jesus, he says, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. Here's what this means. This means that you are not waiting on God to bless you. You have been giving everything you need, every blessing of God's spirit. You just need to receive it and walk in it by faith. This is why Paul's excited and really for why for the next 11 verses in Ephesians, he's just unpacking all of the various blessings that we have in Christ with so much joy that he doesn't have time for punctuation, right? He doesn't have time for this not, not to have this super long run on sentence because that's just how excited he is. And so, so, so I want us just to look at these blessings that we have in Christ, okay? Here's the first one, the blessing of holiness, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4, he says, For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In Christ, Paul says, like, listen, you're blessed because you were chosen by God before you ever existed, before the world was even formed. I mean, just think about that for a minute. It'll blow your mind, right? But, but, but we sort of spoke about this a couple of weeks ago, and it's really just this, simply this idea, God picked you. Okay, God chose you. That, that, that means that you're not a mistake. That means you're not an accident. That, that means you're not meaningless or worthless. That, that long before you ever existed and the world was formed, God picked you and decided, I want that one. God chose you and, and he did so, it says, to be holy and blameless in his sight, which means this, that, that, that in Christ, as a son or daughter of God, you are not your sin. You aren't what you've done and you aren't what has happened to you. You aren't dirty. You're not unclean. You are holy. And the reason that you're holy is because Jesus is. Second Corinthians 5 verse 21 tells us that God made him who knew no sin, talking about Jesus, to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. This is what's known as the divine exchange, where at the cross, Jesus trades places with us. So he suffers and dies in our place, and all of the death and all of the shame and all of the condemnation that I deserve and you deserve goes to Jesus, and all the forgiveness and all the grace and all the love of the Father comes to me and to you. Jesus becomes our sin, and we become his righteousness. Jesus gets all of our unholiness, and we Get all of his holiness. So, so, so I want you to see this, okay? If you are in Christ, then you are in Christ's position. So, so that now when God looks at you, right, he doesn't see your sin. He sees the Savior. He, he looks at you and he says, blameless, right? And, and the sin that separated you from God is no longer there. It's gone. And, and, he, and the Father welcomes you to come to him, to come to him without fear or guilt or shame or condemnations. Uh, uh, Ephesians 3.13 says, because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. If you are in Christ, you are holy. And, and, and listen, th this doesn't mean that you never sin. 
Okay? This is, and it's not a license to sin either. Th- this simply means that you aren't defined by your sin any longer. That, that, that because I'm positionally holy before God, the Spirit of God is also helping me to grow practically in living that out, being transformed and changed day by day, being more conformed into the image of Jesus and walking in his holiness. Secondly, Paul says, we have the blessing of adoption. Verse 5 says, in love, he predestined us to be adopted as his sons and daughters through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glory. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago, right? So I'd encourage you to go back and listen if you missed that message. But ultimately, it's simply this, that in Christ, you have been adopted by God into his family. You are a rightful son, a rightful daughter of the Father, and you have a family. You have brothers and sisters in Christ uh, to share together uh, so that together we can know the Father more fully and grow in him and fulfill his purpose for our lives. You have been adopted. You've received adoption into the family of God. So that's your position. Okay, remember, that's your position. So, so, so consider this. If you're in Christ's position, consider this. Does God the Father love Jesus the Son? Is he kind towards him? Is he gracious towards him? Is his ear turned towards him? Is he for him? Is he with him? Is he devoted to him and available to him? If the Father is all of that to Jesus, the Father is that to you also. You're, you're his kid, okay? And he, and he loves you, and you have access to the Father at all times because you've been adopted into the family of God. Thirdly, Paul says this, that we have the blessing of redemption. Verse 7, he says, in him we have redemption through his blood. Really simply, what this means is that in Christ you have been set free. Okay, before Christ, without Christ, the Bible says that we're simply slaves to sin and to death. And there isn't anything that we can do in and of ourselves to change that position. Okay, we can't make it any different. But Jesus comes and he comes to deliver us. He comes to save us. He comes to set us free. Galatians 5.1 says that it is for freedom that Christ set us free. So Jesus in his goodness and his love, he purchases our freedom with his own blood. So, so, so now in him, we have the power to turn from sin and to live for God, to overcome whatever it is that has ruled and, and had mastery over you in your life. Whatever that is from the world, from the flesh, from the devil, from your past, whatever that bondage is, whatever has bound you in Jesus, there is deliverance, there is freedom. Freedom to, to live the full life that Jesus said he came to bring you. And, and, and listen to this. To not receive and walk in the freedom of God it, it is to live below your position and your privilege as a son or daughter of God. It, it is to settle for something less than Jesus paid for you to have. You have been blessed with freedom in Christ Next one, the blessing of forgiveness. So Paul continues and he says, says that, that you also have the forgiveness of sins, right? So when it comes to sin, we all have it and we all have to make a choice about what we're going to do with it, okay? So, so, so here's our options. You can deny it. Nope, I didn't do it. 
you, you can blame somebody else, right? Like it was their fault, not mine. You can excuse it and say, well, there's this really good reason for why I did or didn't or whatever it is. You can diminish it and say, well, it's really not that big of a deal, right? You can hide it and, and hope that somehow you don't get caught. Or, or you can punish yourself and say, no, 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 I need to suffer in some kind of way so that I can pay God back. Or you can receive God's grace through Jesus and be forgiven. Some of Jesus' final words that we know from the cross as he's dying for the sin of the world was simply, Father, forgive them. If you're in Christ, you're forgiven. If you're in Christ, you're forgiven. You're forgiven for everything that you've done. You're forgiven for everything that you will do. You're forgiven, okay? You're forgiven, not partly, not some of it, all of it. You're forgiven. And my prayer is that the Holy Spirit would actually minister this truth in your heart right now. You are forgiven. In Christ, you are blessed with forgiveness. And when God says, I forgive you, he means it. You don't pay him back. You don't earn it. Jesus did it all. He paid the full debt of your sin and mine. And so when Jesus says you're forgiven, you really are. We have the blessing of forgiveness. Keep going, because this is good, right? We have the blessing of grace. In verse 7, 8, it says, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. Question for you, how many of you like hanging out with really generous people? I I do, right? And there is no one that is more generous than God. There is no one more giving than God. He is not stingy. He does not withhold good. He is a giver. And scriptures say that he lavishes his goodness upon us, lavishes his grace here, right? Now, now, yes, there is a grace that God gives to everyone. The, the scriptures say that the sun shines on the, on the believer and the unbeliever. So yes, God loves everyone. Yes, God is generous to all with his love and kindness and provision. But there is also a special grace a saving grace that is only for those who put their trust in him and receive him, right? There's, this is the grace that leads to eternal life. So, so common grace is a blessing for this life, but saving grace is the grace that affects all of eternity. And, and so if you're in Christ, then you are doubly blessed, okay? You, God has lavished you with grace, not just in this life, but with eternity, and the grace of God does not run out. I feel like somebody needs to know that today. So, some, one of you watch it. You need to know the grace of God does not run out. It doesn't expire. You can't out-sin it, okay? Like, like the grace of God is bigger than anything you have done or could. I, I like Vance Havner who once said that God's grace is not just amazing grace. He said God's grace is abounding grace. It has no limit. And it's a gift, right? Grace is not something we do. It's something we receive. You are blessed with grace, okay? Almost there. Now, next one, the blessing of the Holy Spirit. Verses 13 and 14 says, in him, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. Paul says, listen, you are blessed in Christ because you have been given God the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit who not only empowers you to live this life, but who seals you with eternal life. 
right? That the Holy Spirit was, was Jesus' promise to his disciples before returning to heaven. He says to them, and, and really to all of us who would be disciples, he says, listen, I'm not leaving you as orphans. Okay, I'm not just leaving you alone. I'm going to send you the promised one, the Holy Spirit, who he says is not only going to be with you, but who is going to be in you. And then in the book of Acts chapter 2, Jesus tells them, he says, listen, wait, go and wait for the promise of the Father, the Holy Spirit, right? And you will receive power, he says, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you to be my witnesses. And that's exactly what happens, right? The scriptures tell us this story that the the Holy Spirit comes in like a, a rushing wind and they see what looks like tongues of fire descending upon them and they they are filled with the Holy Spirit empowered by the same spirit that that empowered Jesus to live for God and represent the kingdom on earth think about this okay the Christian life is not simply the life that you live for God it is the life of God lived through you it, it's Jesus sending the Holy Spirit to fill you, not only so that you become a new person in Christ, but so that you live by the power of the Holy Spirit. And this doesn't mean that like, 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 like there isn't any effort on your behalf. It, what it means is that it's Holy Spirit-empowered effort. You, you can't live for God apart from the Spirit. It, it's God's life for you. It's God's life in you. And it's God's life through you by the power of the Holy Spirit. And not only does the Holy Spirit empower you for this life, but Paul also says that the Holy Spirit is our seal guaranteeing our inheritance. Now, that, that's really important because in that day, right, in that culture, that time, if you had a pos- possession, you would put a seal on it. And, and that was to mark or to note that this belongs to me. Th- this thing is mine. So, so when Paul says that, he says, listen, when, when you receive Christ, you receive the Holy Spirit, and it's the Holy Spirit who is God's seal upon your life to mark that you are God's possession, that, that your life is not your own, that you were bought with a price, and you now belong to God. And I love it. He says that the Holy Spirit is the guarantee of our inheritance. It's not a maybe. It's not a possibly, it's a guarantee. And he says, until we acquire possession of it. Now, again, there is blessing in this life, to be sure. But but so much of our blessing is awaiting us in the eternal life, where, where we can enjoy this blessing forever and not just in the here and now. First Peter 1 verse 4 it tells us that, that our inheritance is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. He says, kept in heaven by God for you. So God says, listen, not only am I going to rescue you from sin and death, not only am I going to give you a new heart and a new identity, not only am I going to adopt you into my family as my son or my daughter, not only am I going to put my spirit in you who will fill you and empower you to lead you and guide you, uh, but the Holy Spirit is also going to seal you with my guarantee for the inheritance that I have for you, eternal life with me forever. That's blessing. That's an inheritance, one that has no end, no expiration date. Our Father is a blessing God. And listen, undoubtedly, the greatest of all his gifts and blessings that he lavishes on us is the gift of himself. Remember, Romans 8.17 says that if we're children, then we are heirs, heirs of God. That's the greatest gift, God. 
Like our inheritance as children of God, as, as heirs, it's more than all the things that God has made. It's more than salvation. It's more than forgiveness. It's more than grace. It's more than freedom. It's more than being able to go to heaven, right? To have eternity in heaven. The greatest inheritance that we have as children of God is God himself. So many times, right, when we come to God, we, we, we come to God with our list, right? All the things that we want. Right? Like, like, God, I want a car that runs and I want a spouse that doesn't. Right? I, I, I want, like, here's what I want from you. I want all these blessings from you. Uh, you know, and at the end of the day, like, a car is great and, and friends are great and a spouse is great and, and kids are great and health is great, right? And a job is great, but God is better. And God, out of his incredible love for us, gives us what is the very best. He gives us himself. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Listen, you are chosen, you are holy, you are blameless, you are been adopted, you are set free and forgiven, and God pours out his grace in and through your life, and he fills you and empowers you with God, the Holy Spirit. The Spirit seals you, guaranteeing your eternal inheritance, and still yet above all of that, you get God himself, the Father, forever. You are blessed, heirs of God. I, I love how the Apostle Paul ends verse 14, where he starts verse 13. Just with praising God. He ends with praise, he starts with praise be to God our Father, and he ends with to the praise of his glory, right? It's just this praising of God, not so that God will bless us, but because he already has. And so, so here's what I'm gonna do I'm gonna pray for us, and then we're gonna respond to the message today with our praise, by, by giving God our praise, blessing the one who has blessed us. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word today. God, thank you that, Lord, not only do you call us your own, that you make us your own, but, but God, you bless our lives in, in so many ways, God, often ways that we take for granted, often ways that we're, Lord, not even thinking of as we go through our day. God, I pray that, that this morning, I, I pray that throughout this week, God, Lord, that we would meditate on your goodness. We would meditate, Lord, on all the many ways that you have blessed our lives. And Lord, that, God, that the response of our hearts, Lord, would not only be a security in you, God, but just an, an overwhelming sense of joy and praise. Holy Spirit, that you would reveal to us what it, what it really is for us to be holy and blameless and adopted and free and forgiven and the grace of God, the Holy Spirit, that you teach us more about who you are. God, that we would walk in your ways. So Lord, thank you for your blessing today. God, thank you for your goodness in our lives. God, thank you for the ways that you lavish us, Lord, with grace. Lord, I, I just pray, God, that, that the stirring of our heart, Lord, would be to to bring you praise, not just with our words, but with our lives, for who you are and for what you've done. So Lord, just continue to speak to us, I pray. God, move in us in our time of worship, in Jesus' name, amen.